0: plushcare.com slash weightloss. Before we begin this episode, just a trigger warning. Help is always available. And if you need to speak with someone today, call Lifeline Australia on 131114.
1: This podcast is recorded on Noongar land. We'd like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land and extend that respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander and their elders who are listening today. We respect their spiritual relationship with their country.
0: Have you ever wondered exactly what it is that that married man found so appealing about paying for it? Or watched the murder doco and thought, how can that monster's mother still love him? Welcome to To Be Frank. The show that invites you to step inside the world of Constance Hall as she explores the most interesting topics and people from all over the world with no BS, no filter. Now your host, Constance Hall and co-host, Claudia McLeod.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of To Be Frank. I'm
2: Constance Hall. And I'm Claudia. And I'm Marika. (laughs) Marika's introducing herself. Marika contacted us with a story that she said, look, I'm not sure if you were interested in talking about this topic because it's not really spoken about. And funnily enough, Con and I had actually discussed this a couple of weeks earlier, but we thought, how do you sort of find someone with this kind of story? And, you know, some people aren't willing to talk about it. They're still experiencing a lot of trauma. And then Marika found us. So I feel like this was meant to happen, this chat. Marika, In July of 2021, you found out something that would turn your life upside down. Could you take us back to that time
3: and tell us what happened? So firstly, thanks for sharing this story. And it obviously is going to be difficult for some listeners. And it's probably going to be difficult for me to share some aspects of it with you. I was at work. It was a normal day. I got a call from my ex-husband saying, can you please come and pick up the kids? I went and picked the kids up he'd said that the police were there I'd had a conversation with him that had left me feeling cold I had no information to clarify um, apart from that the police had been he told me that he had deleted a picture of my son naked off his phone and immediately my alarm bells were ringing because I was like what the fuck are you telling me this because he'd said six Mm. months before and so I'd driven over and I was, you know, feeling a little bit crazy and trying to behave like nothing was happening, picked up the kids, had to go back to work temporarily and took them home.
2: How old were your children at this time?
3: My daughter was 16 and my son was 14. My ex was supposed to be taking my kids to Newcastle to visit their grandparents the very next day and I was just like, I have no idea what, was, what what's happening Went to work the next morning, I rang the police and I said, look, I don't know if you know about me, but you... Went to someone's house yesterday and this was the situation. I'm the mother and I've got some concerns. And immediately I was put through to the SOCKET team, which is the child sexual abuse unit of the police in Victoria. I just said, look, I'm the mum. They had no idea I existed. I said he's planning on taking the kids um, out of state and I'm very concerned about that. And he was arrested within 25 minutes of that call. Pretty much for uh, yeah, child exploitation.
2: So he wasn't arrested before that. He was arrested after you went in.
3: Yeah, after I went in. Essentially, he hadn't even mentioned anything. Like I had full time care of my son at the time, and I had weekend care of my daughter. And essentially, I was just like, <laughs> they they didn't think I was important enough to let know. Although it was important enough that I picked them up and protected wow. them. Wow. Was he saying that it was a picture of your son that led to his arrest? Pretty much the story entails that he groomed the entire family, but he essentially groomed my son to be the one to take the heat. And so, whilst he was sitting in the kitchen talking to the investigative unit who came in, stormed through the house, and took all their electronic equipment, he was in there blatantly blaming and setting up my son, who essentially my son was groomed to be the bad guy my daughter was groomed she was fawning really in the family and she was the the star and so it's been difficult to break that that down as well so it was a shock to the system what do you do when something like that happens so what was he charged so he was charged with 14 counts of variable and deeply disturbing acts of coercion, including exploitation material, both to produce, sending, using carriage services, encouraging other parents to abuse their own children. You can hear the shaking in my voice. It's deeply disturbing. Oh For no second do I believe that it was just something that happened all of a sudden. I just think that he finally got caught. And so the whole time things were happening, pop-ups, et cetera, et cetera, and issues in the house, my son was being blamed. And so the grooming had already begun. He would have his computers taken off him and all of this sort of stuff. But, of course, it was none of that. And then the arrest, he had to go through the procedure, of course, of being not Responsible for what had been found. And of course, there was no way I was told that a 14 year old child would be able to produce or even enter into the domains that were required to this.
2: Just to clarify, he was putting the blame on them, saying that they had made the material, or were the, your children involved in? The images.
3: So that my son was not so much in making the material, but more that he was the one that was responsible for entering into the websites, for example, and he was the one searching and it was just all of this oh, superficial okay. stuff that I guess from a teenage boy, all of those sort of things you could go, oh yeah, you know that, that, but oh my God, is there something more serious? So of course everyone yeah. around was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and the seeds were planted, especially in his immediate family.
1: I really hate the
3: idea of an abuser being able to
1: abuse and then one of the main victims, which is yourself, has their story robbed of them. Yeah. I just hate that because it's something, especially someone who's sort of, obviously you have such a mind of wanting to be able to have a voice for the people that don't have
2: one. Legally, you know, because there's no nothing outstanding court-wise, you're allowed to tell your story.
3: There's nothing outstanding. He walks pretty much free with release conditions around him
2: yeah so he got arrested and then he was
3: let out on bail yep so what happened
2: after that so he got arrested
3: and he was then released on bail awaiting sentencing he went and lived in newcastle with his parents we were advised whilst we were in victoria that it would go public and we were in a rural town and best advice was to get out. Wow. So my partner, well, we were sort of separated at the time, but working at getting back together. So that kind of hastened that process and we made the decision. He, He's really the knight in shining armour in a lot of this. You know, he he was the only one who sort of came and said, fuck. Your, you know. your partner at the time because you were separated from me. And my current partner, yeah. So we'd taken a break. We were working at getting back together. He was in here in WA and I was in Victoria. Yeah, we were working it out and my plan was to just have a visit. <laughs> then we sort of went, well, you know, fuck it. Let's just do what we need to do. We need to sort the kids out. We need to change perspective. But the problem with that is as soon as you leave the state, there's no other help. Um. So... Basically, we've been dealing with this on our own right. for the last couple of years. I've had you know, psychology appointments and things like that, and my kids have had intermittent headspace appointments, but other than that, there's no system. Now, what
2: about your poor children when this all happens?
3: My daughter was incredibly ensconced. I had left my kids for a couple of years and I'd gone to work as a chef in New South Wales. So first of all, a really difficult decision, first and foremost, to do that. Uh, But I thought I was doing the right thing. They were a little bit older. Yeah, they were a little bit older, exactly. And look, my life was a clusterfuck and it couldn't have got any worse. And I thought that I was going to be able to make that better, Um, especially financially. Sorry, I'm pretty, pretty liberal with, with my language but it didn't. My relationship got worse and I ended up having to leave under difficult circumstances. I didn't uh, find the stability that I thought that I was. Ended up checking out to Queensland and I was in a halfway house for quite some time, living out of my car, blah, blah. Then finally found myself back in Melbourne in COVID. Everyone left Melbourne. I went back to Melbourne, (laughs) my hometown, and was trying to get out of the industry that I was in picked up work at an abattoir, then took another head chef job in another rural town and then this happened and I was finally getting on my feet again. So from a personal perspective only, this has just annihilated me. Um, It's just been such a fucked 15 years anyway (laughs) that now now I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And, yeah, yeah, so and a lot of this has been taken out of my hands.
1: It is really relaxing for me to hear that someone else can have a shit decade because (laughs) I thought I was the only person who can have a shit decade. I I win, man.
2: (laughs) You're like, thanks for that. Here's another bomb. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm
3: so strong. (laughs) Nothing can annihilate us now, right? Yeah, <laughs> All <God>. of us. <laughs> well,
1: I guess you would feel like that. And feel like the guy that you're with in Perth as well, like that kind of stood out to me because I was like, what kind of a man says, wow, things have just gotten super messy yeah. for you. I am going to step in. You know, I've heard so many men that go, that's a little too messy yeah. for me. I'm stepping yeah. out. But I think that's amazing, and not just because it's a man and a male relationship, but just because it's someone. Yeah, else. it yeah, is, and he's the move. only one. You're in this with me. You're
2: not in yeah. this one. You're not alone. So ex-husband gets convicted. You grab the kids and move. What was the kids' reaction, and then what happened? Like there was a court case. Did you guys have to testify, or were you involved in that?
3: The kids fucking hated me. No, I didn't have to do any testifying. Kids didn't need to testify. Unbelievably so. I was not ever asked for any character references or anything like that. We can go into that process a little bit more. But yeah, my daughter hated me. She wrote me a letter with all of these things that provisos that once we got to WA, if they didn't work out her way, she would be leaving. My son had... Just fallen apart for the last year, and this further destroyed him. Although the difference between the two kids is that he's the talker and my daughter is not. Through the process of the arrest, I got calls from CPS that further enlightened me to things that I just had no idea about, especially regarding my daughter's safety. Unfortunately, she was self harming, and I hadn't been told about that until I got that call and my ex-husband and his partner had decided that maybe it might be worth mentioning to me that now that she was in my care that I should know that and it had been going on for some time.
1: So this partner, is that her dad, the yeah, kid's Yeah, so my dad.
3: ex-husband's the so kid's So he dad. had a partner mm-hmm. while this mm-hmm. was... 100%. And she, um, interestingly enough... He had repartnered well. Yeah, so he'd repartnered as well. She had four kids and then they had full-time care of my two wow. kids as well. So I was under, like, I just want to be really clear. Like, I'm, you know, I'm human. I fucked up. You know, I ended a marriage. I left my kids, all of those things. There was a lot going on we made those decisions to do that and they made the decision that it was okay
2: no judgement there no one knows what's going
3: on in no any. that's that's right i think there's a lot of shame there for me
2: and we've got to debunk
1: that, that unless you are perfect, you cannot be a victim of a situation because it really robs us. So it silences us, doesn't it? Because it makes you go, well, I can't say anything about this because they'll just bring up X, Y, and Z. And mm. it's like, they're two, two very different situations. Yeah. And yeah. I do, th- I do also think women get judged awfully harshly leaving their children in the care of someone they believe is safe, you know, when men do that all the time.
3: Yes.
2: So
1: what was he actually
3: charged with in the end? So the 14 counts, possession, exploitation, as I said, um, the coercion, um, the list just goes on and on and on. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't get notification. Um, It's it's a really tricky thing unless you know what you're doing. I missed out on the actual day that he went into court pre-sentencing, so the actual day where everything was read out. The only person who was present for that was his current partner and my father. Then I found out that the court case had happened and that that sentencing was the following day or two and I got permission via the detectives to enter the courtroom for that and so, yeah, I got all of the sentencing, unfortunately, for me and I only say unfortunately because, of course, to be informed... Gives me knowledge, and you can't dispute knowledge. Okay, so I I really wanted to know for only those reasons. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because all of the things that I already do know destroy me.
1: I can't believe that you even have to justify why you need to know everything when it involved your children. It's I would have thought that it was imperative
3: that you were sat down and. Mm
2: it's terrible that you weren't notified
3: well he was lying the entire time as well and so so your dad
2: went
3: yeah so my dad went I'm estranged from my father and so my current partner um, he called my father and said look we've got a couple of queries there was a query around my daughter and what had taken place And I hadn't heard his voice for, you know, at least 10 years, something like that, maybe a little bit less than that. And I heard a broken man, you know, you know, when you know someone and even though you hate their guts, they just sound so fucking broken. Yeah. So that was that. Yeah. And you feel bad. Yeah. I feel really bad because I just can't even understand why the hell he went. Why would you choose to damage yourself like that? But everybody, like you say, has their reason and it was his grandchildren and, What I guess you need to know about that is also that the whole family had groomed themselves against me because of the information that my ex-husband used to say. So he was the golden child, my father, my mother, (laughs) his parents, his siblings. I was just the bad one. So of course, when this happened.
1: (laughs) And so your parents would be feeling shame over the way that they have sided with him and yeah. it's really blown up in their fucking faces. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, you, yeah, you can see it clearer than most. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. There's a lot of shame there, I think, for everybody and unfortunately it's not ours. How long
2: did he go to jail
3: for? So he served less time than what you would if you got pulled up on the side of the road. I want to know why this never reached the media. Yeah, why doesn't it? Because there are so many court cases every day. No. Especially in rural towns. Oh
2: yeah. Especially for sex offenders.
3: Yeah, it's it's constant and people could become unless it's someone you know and even now we don't even you know, they're fielding the names and things like that. But it's so commonplace in the courts that you don't and the only thing that I take.
2: So is he on like a sex offenders registry?
3: Yeah, he's on the sex offenders list for life. He's on a good behaviour bond. can't remember whether it's two to five years. I believe it was reduced for two years. All of the reasoning for his light sentencing were purely on character reference. His father was dying and he was given permission to leave Hopkins Correctional and he didn't take that up he didn't go. He had to look after his kids. He hasn't paid a cent of child support in two and a half years. It was all bullshit. It's bullshit. He was a university academic. When I met him, he had a university degree. He's never done anything with it. So how long was he in jail for? Yeah, a little over six months.
1: Wow. Do you think that from, like, I know a lot of us have super narcissistic ex husbands, and one of the things that I've learned about narcissists is that they believe their shit and they refuse to believe that they've done anything wrong. Do you think that after this has happened to him, that he still believes he didn't do anything
3: wrong? 100%. So I had it explained wow. to me by my psychologist, who luckily I just fell into her arms really. And she has worked very heavily with CPS and with convicted pedophiles as well. So thank God that I found her, but she explained it to me like this, that if they get a lenient sentence, it simply creates grandiose behavior. So the day that he was being released, he rang me from jail. There was no reason for him to call me. That's fascinating. The kids were at school. It wasn't to talk to them. And I had cut off all contact by then anyway. And he had simply rang me to essentially say that, look at me, I'm free. It's not as bad as what you think.
1: I can picture it. I, can, I know a man like yeah. that. Yeah. Is, there's <laughs> a lot of
3: those narcissistic traits.
1: Yeah, And I think if you've got any experience with it, you can actually understand it. You can understand the grooming. You can understand what it feels like to not be listened to because everyone loves the good guy, the funny guy.
3: Well, he blamed my mental health,
2: yeah. And you end up just not bothering. This might be too much. You don't have to answer if it makes uncomfortable. Was there anything that you look back on now and go, little things that he may have done when, you know, when you were together?
3: Absolutely. Right from, you know, we met in London 2000. Because I'm just thinking. This might help other people, you know? Yeah, 100%. Kindsight's a beautiful thing. It really is and you can't really do much with it. Isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, when I met him in London, some of the stories he told me, like he'd hooked up with a prostitute and she'd robbed him dry because she took him shopping, you know, he took her shopping and he spent £500 on it alarm bell, right? He'd gotten lost in, you know, taken a wrong phone call in India and ended up somewhere else. And there was just lots of things. But the most pivotal thing that I can tell you was this. He got a computer from a friend and I remember sitting in his parents' lounge room and all of a sudden I noticed a look on his face and I said, what's up? And he said, this computer has child exploitation material on it. He certainly didn't use those words. And I went, what the fuck? I knew the people that it had come from and I said, I think that you need to take this to the police and he didn't. And when the cops rang me 20 years later, that was the first thing that popped into my head. I should have known then. I should have known because it was it was so irrational to me.
1: What I want to know is do you think that the people who had the computer before him were downloading child porn or child exploitation or do you think he just made that up because you saw something
3: no he picked it up he picked it up on that morning and I was there and then he opened it up and I was there and he must have been he was a bit of a computer geek so he must have been going through the files and cleaning things up and that's when he found them those people were at my wedding and they're everywhere,
1: you know. I was having a little fling once with a cop, and he told me that because it was around the time of that Perth paedophile ring. You remember that dad, and he was exploiting his poor daughter i was saying to him like i can't believe this happened and he goes to me really he goes con that happens every fucking day and it really happens with parents children whose parents are immigrants like a lot because they're working really long hours and the kids are you know being looked after by other people because they they don't have family here so they're relying on you know and all this and i'm going
2: "What? why don't we hear about this it's it's not the people that you think it's not the creepy old man it's Everywhere, and it's it doesn't discriminate.
1: Well, didn't you have a, a friend's friend that was part of all that? I remember Yeah, you yeah. yeah.
2: I don't know if you heard about this, but it would have been like probably a good 10 years ago. There was a ring of guys and there was some that were up north. There was about seven of them, and yeah, this dad was pimping out his daughter, to, and he was abusing his own daughter as well. And there was about seven of them, and it was like at the time they said it was like one of the worst, you know, it was the most amount of images ever found, and it was just horrific. yeah. yeah. And yeah, the guy, one of the guys I knew on the news, I was like, oh my God, I need
1: to know him. It's horrendous. And you know, with Rafiki Mwema, which is the charity that I work with in Kenya, it's for sexually abused young girls, but it's also become a home now for boys who are living on the street and kids that don't have parents that can look after them and stuff. And it's amazing. But one of the things that really stood out for me when I went there was that The co-founder said to me that we have to be really careful of who we let in because a lot of these girls were forced into sex work from a very young age and they now are sort of almost trained to get validation in this way or to believe that this is, you know, so they will tend to throw themselves at people that come in because they think that that's what they need to do. So we have to be super careful. We don't have volunteers. We don't have anything like that. Because they're so vulnerable, these So men. Vulnerable. I guess that's why one of the reasons why I'm so annoyed that you weren't given any information that you needed to be given. Because there's
3: so much complex therapy that needs to take place, yeah.
2: isn't there? your is, is, is ex husband still with his wife,
3: current partner? So they are still together. And I believe that he has visiting rights fortnightly with her. That's sort of, you know, secondhand information. It's pretty hard to find things out. But ultimately, she heard the same things as I did in court. He used um, her daughter's images in multiples of conversations and explicit things. And still, she supports him. She's unwell. She's an enabler. And I... Haven't really gone enough down the rabbit hole to be able to explain that to you myself. It's not uncommon. They think that they can rescue them and she's a social worker.
2: Wow. Tell me about support groups and help that you've got. When you got to WA, did you find, you know, anyone that could help you? Are there enough services? You obviously said you had a wonderful psychologist.
3: So I had zero help. Yeah, so I've only just found partner Speak. What else is there? There's not very much else. You can ring um, the sexual health, like, sorry, sexual violence lines, women's health lines, all of that. When you're talking very specific help, for, I guess, particularly in my situation, which yeah. I guess is what I'll focus on, because it's what I know, and that is that I'm a secondary victim, along with other family members um, who are affected in the same way and for various reasons. Of course, there's brothers and there's nieces and nephews and all sorts of things. Basically, there's nothing.
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist,
3: Doing my own homework, and only really just recently in the last six months, I found a group called Partners Speak, and I was saying to you, Claudia, that um, interestingly, I had you know been on their forums and found them helpful. They deal sort of with all aspects of uh, child sexual abuse and and victims, but this is specifically for you know partners and, and things like that, and you can pretty much find any sort of scenario there. And when I say scenario, there's just so many different versions of this that happens. None of them are less, none of them are more. They're all just absolute atrocities. But it was where I could go, okay, there's a lot of people in this world who are feeling like me because people don't want to talk about it. My partner, he has a very limited time span with it. But I can't get over it. It infects my every single waking life, whether I want it to or, or not. Um, and most of the time, I'm really, really good. But there's not a day that I'm not, and I hate to use the word triggered because it's just so overused. There's a lot of tears all the time. Something will <laughs> trigger, yeah.
1: And well, I think that is something that partners often find is like you are not getting over this and it's like, well I'm not gonna, you know, and so it can be frustrating for partners. I hear it so often when it comes to trauma, like mm. people expect there to be a timeline and, and there's just not, it's not linear, is it? It's 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 it just keeps going around. But yeah, back onto the ex partner for a sec, because I actually have an auntie, well, I had an auntie, she's passed now, my great auntie, my mum's auntie, and she was my favourite auntie growing up, like she was so clever, she had a house in the hills, she used to let us all paint on the walls and say that she was getting the house (laughs) left, but she wasn't, but she was super smart, she was a nurse and she wrote a book the last taboo, and it was about being a nurse as on the bedside of um, people when they're dying. She was the first person that ever said to me when I was really little yeah. and I was crying under a table, and my uncles at a at a pub. My uncles all came and said, "Stop crying, mom. We're all out for dinner." And she said, "She's allowed to cry if she wants to, because you'd be sad, darling." And you know, one oh, of those, oh, aren't you? I just love, yeah. Anyway, get this: like we all loved her because she was that fucking smart and that lovely, but, and cool she married a pedophile she married she met him while he was in jail believed she could save him they ended up it was in the news I'll have to get my mum to tell me his name again they ended up having to when he got out of jail he got shipped to back to the UK where he was from she followed him there I think he died there and she came back with Alzheimer's and um, ended up passing away a few years ago but it was so weird because she was that independent you know she was that feminist growing up and then this guy was just a repeat offender over and over and over again and I never met him when I was young but I think a, a few about like you know people that I my mum knows and kids and stuff she'd actually had I guess like exposed them to that but it is it's crazy and there's a world out oh, there not the world so of true. partners speak but the world of actual people that don't want to see the reality in that situation
2: yeah they clearly don't or I mean look it's probably in a way it's a bit like you know when you're with an abusive partner and it's frustrating when everyone's like don't leave
3: and how these smart women end up with them I just have no idea all I know is I thought I was going crazy
1: yeah well the funny thing is that like when you say that you know you carry a lot of like guilt but don't we all as parents we question everything that we've ever done I just think that after hearing your story, I'm super inspired by you because you dropped everything, especially considering you weren't full-time with your kids at the time.
3: Yeah, it was a pretty big break for all of us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're copying
2: it from your kids. We all know what teenagers are like..: Are you still copying it, or if they come around? Is your daughter still there?
3: Uh, yeah, my girl's still here. She, oh. yeah, she's she's really integrated into WA. She's yes, you know, really academic and you know all the rest of it. My son is equally as cool. Um, he took ages. He took about a year and a half. He struggles differently. He's struggling, he hates school all of that sort of I'm stuff so yeah, yeah me too <laughs> yeah.
2: it's so tough like I was saying to Connor mm. the
3: fact that you had to
2: up and move anyway and the ages they were like teenagers like my daughter told me I was making her commit social suicide by getting a different bus to the one we were in before because there's randoms on this bus so the fact <laughs> that you moved them to the other side of it, you know the country oh yeah. you would have oh, gone yeah yeah
1: haven't they? Because you get, as a teenager, your power and your place in this world shifts from being towards your parents to being in your social scene and they've had to up and leave their social scene. It wasn't okay anymore. So they've been through and, and, yeah, they've been through so
2: much.
3: Do they still have a relationship with their dad? No, no. So I felt, I guess, obligated, as hard as this is to say, that up until the sentencing... You know, I was dealing with, I have no friggin' idea what's the truth, what's not the truth. My children are missing their dads. What do I do? Everything in me wanted to just sever it but it's not just about me and it certainly wasn't at that point and nor ever will be. So I had fortnightly calls that then became sort of monthly calls because they were very, very difficult and he kept breaking the rules around things. He wasn't meant to talk to the kids unless there was a supervisor, you know, i.e. his parents around um and I just got sus and I realized that he was had he was never with his parents. He was always just talking to them. Yeah. Um and once the sentence had been delivered down, that was it. There was no more. I think I we had one more conversation before he went into prison and then that was it. And how did that conversation go with your
2: children? Like To
3: be honest, my son was fairly practical. Well, have fun kind of thing like that you know at 14 yeah yeah But to be no to be on the other side of that there was a lot of um, anxiety for my son he I guess he was scared he was father would take his own life he's a very inquisitive kid there's nothing stopping him getting on to YouTube and watching you know what happens to criminals on especially with these sort of crimes my daughter she's taken a long time to struggle but mostly because of the relationship dynamics I think my ex-husband's partner really sort of tried to shift into the place of, I guess, being mum and she's very different to me very feminine I've you know been in the kitchen for 30 odd years I'm pretty tough and <laughs> rock and roll ready there's no good eyebrows going on in here <laughs> and so you know she really yeah, rece- <laughs> I, I nails
2: done and
3: <laughs> yeah that's right and so she really received not only that she also had you know I guess a step-sibling that was a year older than her that she'd become incredibly close with she was incredibly close with her boys as well. My son was able to separate himself a lot more differently because he was not in the same loving situation as what my daughter was or thought that she was. Do they
2: believe that he's guilty
3: or do they... 100%. Yeah, yeah so the, the, I've dealt with that by telling them only the truth.
1: Do they have a relationship with their step-siblings still?
3: No, or have you... no, because it's just simply too dangerous. And yeah, when no. I say dangerous... She's still supporting the very person that perpetrated against her own children. So they're all in the house.
1: Yeah, that's really an unhealthy, horrible position to be in for anyone. What about the other parents of the children? Mm. It's a fascinating case, isn't it? Because he kind of did he coerce the parents to do things that they didn't know
3: they were doing it's very hard for me to to make comments so I only know the sentencing so in the way that the Uh crimes are labeled and the way that the judge Uh read out the sentencing so from a you know coercion point of view he asked a parent to just play with their daughter just pretend it's a game that sort of behavior. So it's that grooming and the encouraging and all of that sort of thing that that but then it gets far worse and that's where for me the advocacy comes in because every single one of those children's photos of which there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them they're there forever and none of those children had any choice it's not just a little bit of this it's not just a little bit of that it it all comes under the same banner Mm Yeah, yeah. and so
1: were there any other charges laid like against other parents
3: not that i'm aware of the amazing thing about all of this sort of stuff is that they start to fall into place so when i was away or when we had first actually before that when i had First separated from my ex-husband, we were living under the same house, like that horrible dynamic. Oh, and every time funny. I came that's home, funny, yeah, 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 it's fucked. It's the worst thing ever. So I'd come home and there'd be a glass of wine and be like, oh, you know, like who gives, a, who gives a fuck, like whatever. But it would be like cousins here, or this and that, and I just got sus. And while I was away in New South Wales, she was very present. But within that, there's incest. So, okay, which harks back to, did I know anything? He used to tell a story when he was younger that critically affected everything in our marriage. So sexual performance, all sorts of things, he would blame everything on it. And that was that he got caught by his mother in a compromising situation with a much younger child and that her reaction had pretty much destroyed him. But I say to that, why the fuck didn't that mother take her son to the goddamn paediatrician and say, there's something wrong here? Because obviously when you're displaying that sort of, you know, outward behaviour. At a young age. Yeah. And look, that's only my opinion. And because he's so much younger already. He's already
1: understanding how to pick power dynamics. And yep. make them work for him. Yeah. Oh, of he must course. have been pretty, uh, like, manipulative, like, I hate to use the word intelligent, but kind of guy to have been able to. Incredibly so.
3: Yeah, incredibly. He manipulated every single person in the entire sphere. And my guilt and shame of bringing that person into my environment is is where it, I guess, hurts the most. Well,
2: oh, how would you know? you know? They don't have sex offender written on their forehead, which some should, I think. I think it's
1: important for women leaving like horrible marriages to see this because you're often waiting for your moment, you know, your moment when everyone realises that you were right and he was fucked.
3: Exactly. (laughs) That's so true. There's a small element of that without me smiling. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. But what I'm saying
1: is that you got the conviction and it is, like, clear as day that he is fucked and that you needed to get away. But you don't get any phone calls, do you? You don't get anyone going, oh, by the way, we're sorry that we didn't, like, understand yeah. how hard it was for you. Yeah. Now we know.
3: No. Like,
2: you never were, yeah. really.
3: No, we Well, i was strange for just- my sister. Yeah, everything. So yeah. I took a phone call from my sister on the, the, the sort of, uh, I guess, the very initial couple of nights. I haven't spoken to her since, so she's just she's too much for some people.
1: Don't oh, you hold your breath for validation, women, because you're never going to get it and you're only ever going to get it from no. your fucking closest and the
2: people that really that always cared. Isn't that interesting, no. like that comment that you said it's too yeah, much for something, yeah. which, which, you know, I've, I've heard that a lot lately in different contexts and it really gives me the shits because it's not like you have the choice. You didn't make this happen to yourself. It's too much for you, but you fucking have to deal with it, right? And you have to deal with it for your
3: children. That's what I hate about, like, everyone being so soft. You can't be soft around this. I want to use the new government ad maybe as an example. Just I think it's fantastic that there's this new ad and we're actually embracing the topic outright, why the hell are we turning into cartoons when we get to the serious point of the conversation? For someone like me, I don't know how anybody else feels about that. What is the ad? I haven't seen it. Uh, so it's an Australian government ad about child sexual abuse awareness, and it's really good. So it's all different mediums in that, you know, there's a grandparent, there's a you know, father and child, there's all different demographics. And as soon as the conversation turns to sexual abuse awareness, as in, you know, it's not okay if... Everyone's a cartoon, and I just think it totally belittles. Mm. We're not turning into cartoons just because we're talking about sexual abuse. Totally, you mm. know. We need to keep it real. This is happening. You know, the statistics are one in every three girls, and it's happening a fucking lot. Yep, one in every three girls, and it's. Some, I'm just checking my numbers, and one in every five guys. So drive past a high school. And think about that when we're we're going about our day. And for me, that's, I guess, the effect this has had on me. I cannot walk around in my daily life without understanding those numbers. If I've got 600 kids at a school, then that's an extremely high percentage of children who are being some undeniably so hurt and not discussing it or will ever be able to discuss it and it will damage their lives forever. And and by someone that they know that it's... By someone that they know. And
2: it's usually by someone that they know that's surrounded by children.
3: I've heard that
1: the stats are growing on on child-on-child offences. Obviously, a kid has either had something happened to them or they've seen something on their parents' phone or whatever it is and there's like a, a child on child like what your ex-husband did or maybe not to such a, a like big degree with it being someone younger. But one of my kids came back from basketball and said to me that they were playing with like a much older boy and that he was like tickling them for the ball back. And he tickled him in a like yeah. near his ass and he was like, what the fuck? And my kid came home. But I was like when he- telling me that i was like i've heard that this this yeah, is the same you know, I mean.
2: images and yeah yeah, yeah i
1: think um, and um yeah. no it freaks me out so can i ask are you still chefing
3: I'm doing everything that I can not to. When Claudia first spoke to me, I was actually catering for a 121-year-old. So I was out barbecue, grilling, <laughs> big yeah. hunks of meat. Was so well, that really hot day? Know, it's it's usually hot, hot day. Hot day. That was but no, I changed my life. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I changed my life. I decided I was already trying to get out desperately because um, hospitality just killed me. That's a whole other podcast for you. I... Love art, so I've been transitioning into art. And when I moved here, I was like, "I'm not going to go back in the kitchen if I can help it." And yeah, I've been really lucky. My my partner has just been really supportive. First of all, I'm just too burnt out and over emotional to be in a full time job of any. I'm really really high functioning, but I fall apart far too easily. And it doesn't fall apart in public; it falls apart at home. And so I'm trying to keep it all a little bit yeah tied up. And arts my fuel. I've got. A studio with a gorgeous artist collective um and I, it couldn't be better for me yeah so it's a real outlet I've painted some pretty nasty things there's the one in the background there which is funny but that's called extension of self you know was just uh in one of the local art groups but she was putting in a dark corner so she's obviously too <laughs>
2: <laughs> let it all
1: out like what, in, in WA did you move to you, you've got to
3: laugh because we're in Gauzy so and I had no idea <laughs> <laughs> that this is the gangsta- <laughs> <laughs> that this <is> Gangsterville. <laughs>
1: you no, know, it's funny because my husband's from Esperance, and when we were like moving to Perth, he was like naming all these suburbs. But when you grew up somewhere, you know what it's like. You're like, no, mm-hmm. no, we can't be there. No, like in in the end, it was just like Fremantle. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
3: Well, I was I a bogan in Victoria as well. I grew up in Frankston. So it's really nice. I've just, you know, I'm just, you know, <laughs> You can't take, that, you can't take the bogan out of a girl. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Total Westie.
1: <laughs> Before we wrap it up, is there anything, any like final piece of advice for any women that might be thinking that they are going to, that oh, they're even listening listen. to
3: this and going, yeah. first of all, trust your judgment there is no reason why any child will ever come to you with any sort of information like that without there being a reason. They're just not developed like that. So, I mean, it might be just normal curiosity, first of all, but if a child says that there's something wrong, there's something wrong and it's worth exploring. I can't tell you how many threads I read you know, in school forums and things like that that I'm involved in still that say, hey, you know, a teacher's been saying this to my child, do you think? And I just want to scream, do you think? Yes, do something, you know, there, there's there's no reason. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. don't question it, just yeah. go with it. First of all, there's no shame, there's no blame. It can be anyone. I was literally sitting at home you know at work one day when this happened to me there was nothing that I could have pre-picked out of the ether that would have said to me that this was apart from that one incident that was just 20 years ago and brushed it off and you just think yep. nothing but yeah could I have done mm. something then was there a reason <sighs> obviously there was
2: could have should have would have and Any other, you know, things that you think partners need to be aware of from your support group, from the threads you read, you know, things that are common occurrences?
3: Common yeah, look, I think the grooming is insipid, it's manipulative, it's sly, and you won't see it if there's favouritism going on, if there are any indications of secrecy if a child is, screens are an issue. It totally was used as as a divisive. You mean
2: like a a parent wanting to spend more time with one child? Well, it's
3: divisive.
1: So Yes, as a divisive. So it's really fascinating.
3: Yeah, yeah. I would just say, look, you know devices are and devices are essential computer games and things like that like what the AFP is talking about it, it it's true it doesn't take very long for perpetrators to get access to your children so the one thing that we can do to protect them is to keep them off devices for as long as possible it's easy for us I know I use them all the time our kids my kids use them all the time my son's so addicted he wouldn't know what to do with himself if he didn't have a device if I was a new mum if I had kids that We're coming into this day and age I would just simply forget about it if you don't introduce them to it they don't want it and it takes away a significant such a significant proportion of where these perpetrating starts because remember grooming can start online and how do you know that it's not uncle fuckface talking to your daughter and then they're talking about all of these sort of things and at the next party something's said and there's an in We do not know who our kids are talking to regardless if we think that they're playing on fun games all the time. I think I actually listened to a podcast of yours, Constance, um, just the other day Uh with your auntie and I love the way that she um, spoke about, was it your auntie who spoke about online stuff and everything and the fact that get in and do stuff like that with your kids, freaking do it. No, if you're unsure, get on and play games with your kids and make sure that you do know that they're not. Yep talking to other people out of loneliness, out of vulnerability, out of wanting to be accepted, because that's where the holes are. They're kids who are really, really needy.
2: And I have like a doors open. Doors open. So I'm like I walk past I'm like doors
3: open? Yes. Especially when a teenager is open. Yeah, doors open. I mean I can't even win that battle at the moment. I've given up.
2: No, and there comes a time where you can't keep all the doors open. But you know, I think at ages where they shouldn't be off in a you know a room when they're
3: to to yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. When you were a teenager,
1: like when I was a teenager, my mum would piss me off, and I would feel like the whole world is against me. And I, that's when if I had a device, you know what I mean, I would have been like, yeah, <laughs> I'll come and meet you because fuck like my parents. Totally. You know, like think about I it. Saw, so there was two
2: girls that went missing the other day. Like I saw, you know, exactly. on Facebook or something. Two girls. The last time they were seen here, and they were going to meet someone off the internet. I was like, oh my god, like you know, and they probably think that the person they're meeting is 14
3: too. I was just thinking about those signs sort of things. So when my son was younger, and I'm talking a lot younger, sort of four or five, I found him or actually his father found him in the toilet with his phone looking up just normal pornography. Now, 20 years on and after all of this, I can promise you that my child didn't put that search engine into that phone but at the time I was just thinking oh my god you know he's really very very curious and this and that and that's okay we don't want to make it weird (laughs) I should have fucking made it weird because it wasn't him I know that at the bottom of my heart regardless of all the curiosity there was grooming going on in my house that I did not know about so I think that's the hardest thing about all of this as the secondary kind of issue is that I know what I know now but I do not know what happened for the 15 years that I was married to him and I can't in the life for the life of me understand how someone just does a switch it's not a switch he's been like yeah I would say so forever and that's I think yeah yeah, that, that's I think the hardest thing. It, it's what I don't know and may never know. It's what my kids may reveal in the future or never reveal and hold on to. There's things that have been revealed since his conviction and sentencing, et cetera. And unfortunately, it's a very long and hard process to get anything done around those four, you know, I guess extra crimes that we find out about. Yeah, yeah, but you know, they're two kids that are growing out. You know, they didn't get to say goodbye to their granddad. They're without their cousins. They're without their uncles and and aunties, and and it's wholly and solely because of this person's decision and choices.
2: No,
1: that's it, not isn't just
3: it? him. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and he'll keep doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. He will, and um, especially now that he hasn't been punished like adequately. Um, And so as, if you were to have another baby now, which I know you wouldn't want
3: to. Good God, no. (laughs) But
1: but if you were, would you, do you feel like you would be one of those super overprotective mums that doesn't let their kid have sleepovers and stuff?
3: I certainly wouldn't let my child over to anyone's place unless I'd met them. No, nothing like that. You know, it'd be hard to say that. I mean, I'm not very maternal as it is. I'm pretty free spirited mum, but with knowledge, I definitely wouldn't have been. My kids were cafe kids. They used to wander around the streets on their own all the time. They used to, you know, walk quite a long way, you know, to my, my son used to catch trains to and from the city, all sorts of stuff. Was I too fluid? Maybe, but I can't take it back now, but I would definitely probably harness, yeah, a lot harder.
2: I'll tell you what though, like the fact that you're, ex-husband had a woman living with him as well, that would, you would think that would give you an extra layer of like security and,
3: no, you know, yeah. just think that let down even more so she's just as manipulated unfortunately like I don't yeah. I, unfortunately yeah. I really don't have much empathy for her because of the continuing of her relationship mm. with him but I solely believe that she is as much a victim survivor of this as anyone else mm. um, unfortunately she hasn't chosen to share the information with her children and um, she hides it from her community and that's just another reason why I can't continue
2: well good on you for being brave enough to, you know,
3: speak out about it. I mean, yeah. I hope we've covered a few things and just people to understand the normalcy of you this. Know? This is unfortunately, it is normal, and we need to stop it being normal. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred
1: percent.
3: Check your kids'
2: usernames as well. I remember my husband once walked past um, his son's PlayStation and on the chat on the game, he was like who's saucy child down the bottom, like, <laughs> thinking that person will be sus, And he, his son was like, that's me. I love tomato sauce.
3: <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen a few funny ones as well connect to my phone.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you think, oh, and then he, he was actually, I don't know if it was with that username, but propositioned by this guy to, on the game to meet him and his friend at the park, you
3: know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah that's it's, right. Yeah. It's so yeah. insidious. Yeah, it's it's yeah. everywhere. And it's a... Innocent thing that that kids think is oh you know it might be a funny name but it's just a ooh maybe we have someone who's just slightly more developed and that's an in for me you know it's a different language and that's that's the language of perpetrators is thick and despicable and so the more that we use the the right language the more that we understand that not everybody's a pedophile there's a whole level of different things that come under that banner. And that's a whole other conversation, but really? yeah, yes, yeah, it's very right. complex. Unfortunately, too many rabbit holes.
1: You hear about something happening to somebody's child and, or your own child. And it's really, really like common for us as parents to reflect on us ourselves and be like, you know, what did I do wrong? But also how come I've raised the kind of child that wouldn't, that would have gone with him or that wouldn't tell me. And And just looking at I'm always really good to like judge things like this because I've got so many kids. And so I can tell you right now that my, one of my daughters, my oldest daughter would never, ever get manipulated or get like, she, she could get groomed. Anyone could be groomed. If that's, that's true. She'd be very difficult and it would be really hard to convince her that this was the right thing to do. Whereas her younger daughter, her younger sister Snow, the opposite. Do you know what I mean? Like anybody could say to Snow, come with me, get in my car. And she'd be like, yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> There's got to be an element of the kind of kid that you are. I love sleeping in other people's houses.
3: My son to this day would still be going to the car. Yep. There you go, yep. yeah. My son was that that was that kid, yeah, and that's why he was so easily groomed into the position he was in. They know, they pray, they pray vulnerable. I think about, you know, his mum sitting there now without her lover Your brother without a brother, it's all of those those relationship dynamics Mm. and he doesn't give, he doesn't Mm. care. Mm. It says enough. There is no remorse. He has never said I'm sorry. He has just maintained the lesser aspect of what he believes to have been his crimes, yeah, and that all's okay in the world.
2: Interesting, though, that he's given you a few little, like, hints along the way, like that story about, you know, in his early childhood. You know, I, find, I think that's really interesting.
3: Yeah, uh, that's why I say, and that the judge maintained that this was certainly not um, a one-off incident, that it was a historical um, behavioural yeah. issue whilst at the same time giving him a light lenience for being such an academic and wholly stand-up person in the community. Yeah, yeah. Excuse my bitterness for a minute, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you so much for allowing me to share my words and I just hope that it's made a difference. Like it it isn't just, I never thought it would happen to me and it did and I'm just, you know, your normal oaken wally <laughs> sitting around you know <laughs> so thought i had the eye i thought i had the eye on everything and i obviously didn't
1: yeah yeah thank you Marina. thank thanks you so much
0: girl thanks for listening to another episode of to be frank if you enjoyed this episode and want more be sure to click follow and leaving a review helps others find the podcast Join us next time as we explore more interesting topics and people from all over the world.
2: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus.